In the time of yore, there were two brave heroes willing to sacrifice life and limb for some stupid quest or some XP that they could have easily paid $5 for if they had just bought the Expanse Pack to begin with. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Nim the Cleric and Rem the Erudite. Hey, how you doing? What? Well, well, <laughs> welcome to What's up? <laughs> what a good intro. Welcome to the party, pal. Ah, uh, so okay. Hey, we've got an artificer, Rem, right? Yeah. Nickname Deep Cloak. <laughs> Is this accurate? I mean, you can reach around a check if you want. I, I, it's I didn't have a. This is only a six-sided die, sir. I rolled a one. Yeah. It doesn't look like we're gonna have a reach around for deep cloak yeah. at this time. Mm -mm. No. Your hands stumble through your pockets nervously, causing you to trip over your own feet and fall face first into the mud. Deep cloak walks away, <laughs> ashamed, slightly. So. A stacked gnome. So this this thick thick gnome, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then we have let me see if I got this. Fearbolg, which which is an elf giant, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar like they're the bigger size, they're you know, one with nature kind of like elves, like wooden elves. Um, so you know, it's it's all about nature. I chose, you know, Tempest Domain Cleric. So they're all about, you know, uh, all about, you know, nature and, uh, you know, thunder and storms and things of that nature. So that's why I also chose the name Nim, N-Y-M, because it's like a Nimbus, mm. Nimbus yeah. cloud. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, what, what was it? Is that, well, I guess maybe that's a nymph. It's like a fairy. But yeah, I was trying to think yeah, of like the like prefix a, Nim. Like, yeah, that would totally be like some, like, um... <clears throat> Earth magic, wood elf, yeah. green green magic card, like, <laughs> yeah, type shit. It certainly no, like it certainly would. It's like pretty pretty fucking close to, to nature. I, I don't know, and I, I could have chosen like a like a nature uh, domain for the cleric, but uh, you know, nature domain is, is pretty fucking lame. Fuck that shit. Um, care about lightning and storm and bringing the wrath. Um, pretty cool. So what? Okay, so an artificer. So. Rem, she, I guess, I guess yeah. that's, that's, okay, so Rem, <laughs> Deep Cloak, her, her skills as an artificer, what, what is that exactly? You so, said it's like an engineer? Yeah, so think, um, and this is in, like, if you're comparing, you know, like technological advancements, right? Uh, the, the era uh, would be like, discovery of flintlock pistols is like top tier and that's pretty rare even then so like the something like the dwemer are in like skyrim yeah yeah okay yeah okay. exactly so there's a bit of clock i'm getting work. a picture i'm <laughs> seeing it right right so there's um there's a lot of clockwork uh 
is I guess kind of the the way to say or probably most accurately describe specifically what type of technology an artificer is known for dealing with. So, um, like I chose, I think uh, a, I think that's a, someone who specializes in clocks is a horologist, if I'm not mistaken. I'm mistaken. Mean, I, I believe sure. that's oh, I believe that's yeah, correct. Or actually. time. Yeah. Um, I think so. sorry. I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off, but we. Before the show started, you were telling me about Rem's personality, and you're like, "Oh yeah, like, no, she's definitely a whore. <laughs> <laughs> the most promiscuous member of the of the squad." Yeah, I is mean, the gnome. <laughs> like, in every no session, matter how big they are, I'll take them all. Like, like so to tell you my mindset with that. It's a terrible gnome voice, by the way. <laughs> when when I say, "Oh no, she's definitely a whore," I actively search for opportunities. For my character to find something to dick down, like on the regular, <laughs> like every session, I'm actively looking for an opportunity. Well, I mean, she also know. smokes a pipe of um, lavender. Lavender, go girl, she live got, it up, Ram. <laughs> she got some dank lavender recently. <laughs> I'm a roll to see how hard your nut is gonna be after I suck that dick off. That's it, that's fucking spot on, though. I hope she rolls for consent as well. You know, she's not just going around and imposing her gnome will onto people. Well, well, I mean, I guess technically the role is a persuasion, so I'm not 100% sure hmm. that that's I mean, rolling for consent. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure most attraction is some sort of persuasion in some way. Yeah, where yeah. It's just sort of like, like, look, I know I'm disgusting, but... For the benefit of mankind, we need to be naked together. Exactly. <laughs> like, there, there's no downside to this. So, <laughs> yeah, um, no, like, during this this next opportunity, I am probably going to bust out my pipe and smoke in the middle of battle. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm working it in there. It's it's a tentative idea. Butters don't tell Chris. Um, but. Yeah, no. I mean, at some point, because this is going to be, hopefully, a level 1 all the way to level 20, which is the cap, unless you go into a bunch of specific rules that aren't important. Um, and we're level 2, and it's been a couple of months. So, I mean, this is a long-term investment of time, but at some point, I'm going to get dicked down in the middle of battle. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care if he kills my character outright afterward. The DM is gonna allow me to get dick during battle. Does it matter if I who? Like, like nope. it could be <laughs> Absolutely the fuck not. Dick available, let's go. <laughs> okay, so double quick, points if you got some lavender for me quick, to smoke. Quick question. I do not, but quick question nonetheless. <laughs> Um, okay, so if if your character dies, let's say presumably after getting dicked down, absolutely. Okay, are you? How do you rejoin the campaign? Does do you just have to have like a necromancer on the team? Just be like, very well. Um, and then he finally gets a chance to roll the die. Actually, that that that's that's I, a viable yeah. option because in in D and D. You know, like, uh, like I, I know you've played Skyrim, mm-hmm. so you know, like, how open-ended your decisions are. Like, you'd sit in somebody's chair in their house, and just, pow, kick the door and steal that fucking apple and sit in your chair. What are you going to do about it? 
Nothing. That's right. You're going to go till the fields. <laughs> like, Stop right there, criminal scum. <laughs> yeah. How'd you catch me? I thought you took an arrow in the knee. Huh? <laughs> he'll just, like old oblivion, he'll just manifest through a wall. <laughs> He's got a torch in his hand where, like, he spawns somewhere outside, right? And it's nighttime. Exactly. And he just zippity doo dot zoomed right across the whole map what? into the Khajiit's house where you were trying to steal his sacked cloth pants. Uh, that's, that I'm not gonna lie, that pissed me off so much. Like, I went through all the trouble of sneaking behind these people's backs while they're tilling those potato fields. <laughs> and you should get caught I'm anyway. trying to I'm trying to do some hard work here. Some some scamming off these people. They got an apple, a wooden plate, and in their top dresser drawer they keep a fucking ladle. Are you kidding? <laughs> Fuck these people. I'm going to go kill them. They had a master lock protecting it all. Yeah. <laughs> Love oh, God, I... tell me you put the ladle in the safe. I... Of course, Jebediah. Why Why would I not? You know, oh, thank the sevens. You You bring up a really, really good point. Um, master That's lock. That's a rare occasion, so... I mean, You're welcome, folks. <laughs> like, the... I mean, kind of veering off a little bit. The Skyrim... Lockpicking system was more difficult to keep my eyes awake during than the one they had in Oblivion. Because mm. uh, if I like, if I'm remembering correctly, because um, in Skyrim it's just the two tools and you rotate the one around while you're trying to open it. Mm-hmm. If yes, I remember correctly, it's the same system in New Vegas. So I think in Oblivion there were literally like five tumblers. And you got the little thing that sticks in, mm-hmm. and then you, you know, sticks in. Like an actual lockpick. Like you're actually like lockpicking. Yeah, for right, the you're lockpicking and locking the tumblers into place. Yeah, or fuck up and break that bitch in there, and then <laughs> pretend you don't know these people. I don't know shit you're doing. <laughs> don't worry which, about it. Can I sneak your key in? Yeah. <laughs> Charm. <laughs> Good to see you. You know, <laughs> he just came bursting out of his room. <laughs> There's an intruder in his house. Cast charm at him. <gasps> Good to see you. I was like, oh, would you some tea? I got some biscuits in the oven. I saw a mud crab the other day. Yeah. There wasn't a single hospitable NPC in that game. Now I think about it, they're all mad that I came in and took food off their table. Like, hello. I like. Do you know my horse is stuck on a mountain somewhere? You know how far I had to fast travel. To get within your fields? Don't worry about it. You don't know what fast travel is. It doesn't matter. Didn't you have fields to toil? I'm busy eating your food. But I'm telling you, snatch up the wrong apple. They'll call the guards and them fuckers will come through a wall. They don't care. They like the Kool-Aid man. They don't give a shit. It is true. But, so if you die in a campaign, are you, are oh. you, do you just oh. sit at the table? Well, so, like, yeah, you, get, can... you get knocked unconscious first, but... <laughs> Yeah, so like you have to make death saving throws and whatnot in order before you actually die. But you know, there's a couple of ways that you can come back. You know, there's there's raise dead and then you know Not things like revivify and things of that nature that can bring your allies back. But normally, like it's it's based on DM's discretion. Sometimes they'll have you, you know, just do nothing. I mean, you died recklessly. You know, you went in there in combat. And that was your that was your one character that you had. Other DMs aren't 
will be lenient, lenient about it and be like, yeah, well, I mean, your character died. We'll probably come up with some way that this merchant man, you know, you traveling across, is actually a good companion that you can pick up for your right. party. And, you yeah. know, that they'll they'll come up with good creative ways um, to reincorporate you. Because normally, most good DMs won't just have you sit there with your, you know, dick in your hand doing nothing at the table. Uh, it, you know, it's more fun for everyone. Um, if you everybody's your included. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, otherwise it's like, it's like a kid inviting you to his birthday party and you can't play any of the games. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you have to sit and watch. Oh. It's like he opens up his new game system, like four controllers, gets ready with it. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I get to play all by myself. Yeah. Hey kids, the pool's open. Yay! Except for Greg. Boy, like this party. Yeah, I mean, there's. Because the game is primarily based around your imagination unless you use visual aid software or physical paper top where you can you know 3d print shit if you want if you got that kind of time i don't um <laughs> or the money to buy miniatures and online yeah the like 40 dollars a piece miniatures no, <laughs> yeah. yeah if you're gonna go all out like that you might as well like make a youtube channel or right like, something to where like like you know if you're that putting happens. like a couple tens thousands of dollars into this regularly treat that like an investment exactly know? yeah people would be interested to watch too because uh, like i would say a lot of groups probably don't have like a lot of those miniatures that they play around with or like a good battlefield you can move tiles around and mm-hmm. yeah. there's a tree here you know this tower here um well, I, I don't know i mean when when we first when we first joined the group um chris uh, a buddy of mine from high school uh came to me and asked if we'd be interested in playing D. he'd always wanted to learn himself and to also run campaigns himself uh and he spent a lot of time reading and then he approached me and a couple of the buddies uh and i uh i was like hold on time out let me let me let me get this straight i could be anything uh yeah yeah that's right Mm -hmm. i can do anything I mean, there might be consequences. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, if I fuck a town guard in the middle of the street, yeah, I hope there's consequences. There's children walking by. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if you're going to say that I can be anything, you know, uh, or, or, or I can do anything, let alone both of those. Uh, yeah, no, I don't give a shit. You need money? Like, I'm in. Like, let's go. I mean, Shut up and take my money. Yeah. So, uh, RDM originally gave us this little supposedly short uh, introductory campaign uh, which took us six months six at least yeah um, because our group is the type that um, you know we're traveling to the mayor's office to speak about a sign that we found on a notice board um, requesting an adventurer's help okay dope cool let's go find out what it's about um, there's oh, a priest please. standing at a shrine in in the main square and she's yelling at somebody okay but we're going to the mayor's office so that doesn't really have anything to do with us and then there's always that one guy which is me which is me who's like well let's go see what they're talking about <laughs> they obviously talking about something important right <laughs> I mean she might have some fucking magical items you know let's, let's go see and yeah why else bring it up if like what? Yeah. what, what is it was it Voltaire it may not have been Voltaire but uh, said that you know if uh if a gun appears in the first act, it has to go off in the second one. 
You know what I you know what I mean? Like so like why bring attention to that detail, you know what I right. mean? Like unless you're just trying to blatantly deceive like you see a cinder block jutting out six miles down the road. It's like how do you how do you what? see it? Your elf eyes can see it. <laughs> like unless you wish to travel there or eavesdrop on the ground nearby. They're very judgy people. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck. Let's go for the block. <laughs> you don't know. There could be some loot back there. You know. I mean, I I'm the type that when like when I play a game, like a video game, for example, I'm checking every corner of every room. Normally, the first time through, I'm very um, exactly. meticulous with it. You know. Right. Especially if it's a franchise I'm into. So like the. Uh, like the Bioshock franchises, right. you know, they they had the little diaries, the audio journals that oh, you could yeah, go yeah. around like and find. Which to me, that was a lot better than something like what was it, Gears of War? Just had dog tags. Yeah, yeah like where it's just tags. like, hey, you found a dog tag. It's like, cool. Doesn't help me. Like, yeah. like that game is literally just an onslaught of just like, all right, you're fighting. <laughs> murder, you're murder. fighting. All right, move twenty five feet. Yep, and guess what? You're fighting again. Yeah. But the, I mean, the dialogue in it was like really cool. I like the story with yeah. uh, Gears of War, but good God, it took forever to just advance anything in the story. Yeah, because they send hordes of enemies at you in just one area, and you're like, all right, I'm holding out for this area for a minute. Yeah. There's literally a multiplayer mode called Horde Mode. Yeah, yeah. So instead of doing it with an NPC, now you're stuck in a small <laughs> area fighting <laughs> the same amount of enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, we played the fuck out of that, but you know, totally, totally. But I think that, like, on the long term, that's something with like RPG or RPG infused games, whether they're you know tabletop or a video game, that seems like to have a lot more appeal to me because like you can immerse yourself in the character and you can exactly develop like certain attributes of a character and play to your strengths and not just you know. Bang, 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 shoot, 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 over and over again. And the the same repetitive, bordering on mind... We've been playing games for 30 years. Um, oh, like, way too many hours a day. Moving on. Um, yeah, like, a lot of shit like that, just, like, snapping over and shooting in the head, like, it, it's muscle memory at this point. Like, yeah. my eyes recognize there's a target, snap. Yeah, the, a lot lower than some of the people I run into in Call of Duty, but you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not, there's not a, the game does not ask you to think critically, right? You know, and like that's one thing about like puzzles and things like that, where it's like, well, how do you, how do you want to, you know, go about doing this? Because there's a certain set that you have to follow in order to right. get the reward or something. So I like the Zelda games were so awesome and like their dungeons because it was. Action. Well, you weren't really immersed in like the character of Link so much. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, so. Both of you fellas got a little bit of a N- Nintendo hots going on. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. So. Oh, you got the Sega on the other side. Yeah. Well, you know, grew up that way. So, I mean, it was just funny you mentioned Legend of Zelda. Yeah, like the uh, like Ocarina of Time. Like, oh, such other a than, good game. Other than Oblivion, that's probably my favorite game. Yeah, it has the same open world feel. Do whatever the fuck you want, kind of just when you want, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's exactly. the best feeling in any game. It's like no rules. You do what you want. Yeah, you can explore, and there's certain areas where it's like you're not advanced enough to even handle what's behind. I think it's like Gerudo Village. 
<laughs> where it's like you have to have the hook shot or the long shot to even get get, up yeah. there, get in there. And it's like even if you try to get in here, I think you can glitch your way in there, but like you get your ass in yeah, into you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean for for developers that take the time to do because open world game technology is I mean that's that's a lot of that's a lot of polygons, that's a lot of code, it's a lot of constantly looking for things that clash together causing you problems because it's supposed to be so open so from like my perspective I have a special appreciation for like as you said Ocarina of Time it's very difficult to get to where you're supposed to be after this dungeon you should be on you know like by incorporating the hookshot for you to actually get across there you have to complete the dungeon with the hookshot right and I have a special but the world is still open, nonetheless. It's just right. not you're not fully available to you yet. You know. Yeah. Instead of just like walling around something because I'm not high enough level or I haven't met all the quest requirements, whatever it might be. Right. Like it, taking time to make you think about things like that, to me, makes the difference between a game as legendary as Ocarina of Time versus I don't know. I got nothing. There was, um, way back in the day, you know, when there was, like, Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, I had, uh, I had rented uh, Ocarina of Time. It was the second time I had rented it. Mm. And uh, somebody had left their game on, and I was like, I was like, ooh. I was like, they're not, like, uh, too far ahead. And, mm-hmm. But I saw that they were grown up uh, Link. I had heard that, like, you know, you, know, you turn into adult, adult Link, Link yeah. in the game. But, you know, whenever... Um, you go back to Hyrule Field and you go out there and like everything's like evil and you know, right, like right. The dark sky and that uh, what was it um, not Mountain Doom <laughs> it's fucking Lord of the Rings Hyrule uh, not Hyrule no no Goron no. Mountain oh, Goron, oh yeah. yeah Death Goron. Mountain oh shit yeah yeah with uh, have that spinning uh, cloud yeah at the top the rain the cloud where the heat had gone through the middle or whatever mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about yeah. And so, like, uh, I open up this game. I'm just like, holy fuck, this is like a completely different like game. And like, like everything was destroyed. I had no context of like what was going on. I was like, fuck, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> you say, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't play this. I gotta, <laughs> gotta start all the way over. It's like whenever you miss an episode of, of your favorite show, he's like, what the fuck did I just miss? Yeah. You know the the era where the era that came before, like the '64 and the. Uh, PlayStation, um, if like in instances like the first Final Fantasy game, you could save your file. Right. But literally any other game at the time, you, there was no saving the data to to the cartridge. Or yeah, usually not. Like right. I think there was a couple of Sega games that they would have like a, a character bank, kind of like how like a Link, uh, not Link Zelda, like the original With Nintendo the yeah. would, where they gave you three banks. Where it's just like, hey, you can have this character, this character, this character. Yeah. And not a lot of games offered that, though. They yeah. what, and I think it was the second, uh, what was it, Majora's Mask, where like you had to get an expansion for your N64. Oh, yeah, the expansion yes. slot. Yeah, because... They uh, have enough RAM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> power of the game. They got you on that, where it's like, oh, I just spent 60... Video games have always been like 60 bucks brand new. I don't know yeah. what it is, but... They've maintained that level. 
especially now that they're on digital age, like you, it, it but the really prices felt, have gone down. Yeah, it really feels like a lot of the pricing that they were doing was like marketing, you know, all the plastic in the you know yeah. containers, and actual physical disc itself, printing yeah. the disc, like. I can see none of that shit, right? It's still sixty fucking dollars on release, and plus, like you know, some some will be seventy, you know, if you get the ten dollar deluxe edition bonus upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you spend one hundred and thirty, you get that cool Halo helmet. I mean, I saw somebody that got that, and then they got the helmet, and it was like it's not actual size that you can wear. I have one. (laughs) No, there's a little slot in the middle that's. Not even as wide as my phone. Yeah, it's like and, a remote controller or something. Yeah, like, that you could like. You could fit, I think you could fit Halo One, Two, and Three in the slot. I think that's what it was for, actually. Now that I remember. But um, yeah, no, super pissed. I couldn't go home <laughs> from the store at twelve in the morning with a Halo helmet. helmet on. I, was, I, was, I can't <laughs> tell you how furious I was. But you know what? We went home and we fucked that shit up anyway. So, <laughs> fuck that store. We're going to multiplayer. Oh god, they're all so good. Never mind. <laughs> so back, back, back to the story. Yeah. I mean, the companies now still charge sixty dollars per for a game. I'm glad that something like Steam has emerged, where it's easy for like indie developers to get in. You know, oh, I have Their to give Steam like, game. Yeah, 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 I have to give like thirty bucks to Steam, or out of every sale of sixty dollars or whatever it may be. I don't know their, I don't know their pricing or their payment plan, but. Um, it's like a it's like a per purchased and by creating the system that they did there's ways to create collections and searching and compared to what things were 20 years ago which is crazy that that was you know 2001 but the technology jump from then to now is just mind-boggling and I am so thankful that we have that kind of technology because otherwise my house would be full of literally thousands of game cases. So, you know, thanks thanks to Steam for that one. I get like one game a year. That's about mm. it. Mm. I'm going to roll for persuasion to plead the fifth and fail. You fail. That's a one. <laughs> that's <sir>. a one. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's usually what I roll on a 20-sided dice. Jeremy can, can vouch for that. Yeah. I have literally the worst luck ever. Have you guys uh, uh, played uh, The Witcher 3? Yes. Great game. Very open world. Loved it. Yeah, fits fits all the marks of the, the good open world RPG that, you know, you, you get your still, you know, character build path that you can do. Um, and you know, it, and I don't know. My favorite things about those kind of RPGs, it, it's just all of the character dialogue that they talk to you about. I really enjoy the war, like the way the devs can make the world feel more real by adding in some really good dialogue options from from characters. Like I, like whenever, like the the joke whenever you're in the tower about like the DRM. <laughs> It's like uh, it's not actually like they didn't call it digital rights management, but the acronym that they gave it was like DRM. You know, just fucking around with it. That just I don't know. There's just adds to it for me. It just it's just so great feeling to know. Well, I liked that. I've I've gone through and played it a few times just because you know sometimes you'll make a choice and you'll feel that like this is 
the best choice. This is what's right if you're trying to do a heroic, you know. <laughs> yeah. act. And sometimes it'll lead to like disastrous consequences. Like not everything is what it seems. Yeah, there's a uh, one. Is this your uh, first time kitchening? Yeah, I, I rolled a nat one reaching for paper towels. <laughs> Shocker, nat one. But there's a there's one character, uh, Kira, that you uh, you do a mission for, like using like a lantern that uh, can see ghosts, ghosts and spirits, yeah, dead people. Mm-hmm. And you go through this tower and you sort of solve the mystery of the tower, and then you fight this banshee that was like haunting it and put it to rest and it turn, comes to find out that uh, she's been doing essentially like virology and like has uh, found a it's either something like a disease itself or like a cure for it or something yeah, like yeah. that and like one of the options that you have is that uh, you can say that like you know like, like well you're doing the, the right thing by like Trying to you know, you know they don't use science because I don't think they have science. <laughs> but like you know, like doing the, the magics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> alchemy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the the right thing. And if uh, that's your choice, then sometime later in the game, you're going through the city of Novigrad where they're burning witches, and you see they've impaled her on a spike, like from mm, one yeah research. from one end uh, to the other. Got to burn the witch. Yeah. Well, what happened, uh, I think it was that she took the information to the king, uh, Radovid. Bonkers, do not get on that counter. I, I don't care. That's not your counter. Your counter's over there, bud. I see you. Namaste, Bonkers. Namaste. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'm just sniffing the counter. <laughs> oh, they're going to jump up there. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, I love the I love the way cats are. Some mischievous sometimes. Easily distracted. Love she was it. going to the king with it, and the king decided after he took her uh, her studies or her research and information, just killed her. Uh, mm. Clearly a witch. Yeah. <laughs> There's like another one you're trying to uh, track down a serial killer. And he's leaving calling cards, like uh, pouring embalming fluid, like down uh, people's throats. Yeah, and, stuff. and uh, that's pretty metal. <laughs> and you you find use all your clues and you track this guy down. And some of the dialogue options, you know, it'll give you a timer where it's like, yo, here's four choices. You gotta choose. You've got like ten seconds to decide what to do. And it's like, oh fuck, I have to read. Oh fuck, it's still going. Fuck. <laughs> but there's. Uh, one option where you catch this guy, he's got a, a, a woman tied up and he's got like a, a hot poker he's about to torture her with. And one dialogue option is you being a smart ass and saying something about formaldehyde or like embalming fluid. And the guy goes, what? What are you talking about? And then you find out that he's not the serial killer. He's a patsy. He is a murderer, but he's not the same guy. And it's just like just this one option that like leads you to like the actual truth behind it. The other options he ends up like you know you you fight him to the death or whatnot. Did you think right. it's him? Yeah. But yeah, like the dialogue tree that aside from the actual dialogue itself, just like all the thought that went into the dialogue trees of the yeah. choose your own adventure aspect of The Witcher. 
three. The Wild Hunt. Each of them are good. I mean, the first one... I never uh, played any. The first one is really, really... The combat system is really fucking jank. I'm, I'm like... And it kind jank, of... Jank doesn't cover that. Yeah, Jank really doesn't fucking cover it. It's like a weird quick time event thing that you have to, like, click, like, in certain patterns in order to, like, efficiently melee, or else you'll just be sitting here like like it's a fucking sand, piece of salmon, and, like, you're slapping at people. <laughs> and, 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 like... It just does nothing. It's so bad. Uh, but it's still a good playthrough. Like, it, it still gives you the same feel. I Like, I don't know. Um, like, other RPGs just haven't met it. Like, I, like WoW, for example. It is an MMORPG, but, like, it doesn't have the dialogue options that a lot of the other, like, good, like, actual RPGs have. Well, the I dialogue on, like, TeamSpeak or... Uh... <laughs> uh, other, yeah, yeah. Other, than, other than the dialogue that you have with your, like, rating team yeah, or, or whatever. A, having a 10-year-old shout epithets at you <laughs> for... Casting the wrong spell or something. Stop standing in fire. Whenever I started uh, uh, getting into drugs in my early twenties, my friends started getting into WoW, and I, I don't think some of them noticed the same parallels that I was. <laughs> <laughs> Completely them, addicted, doesn't want to yeah. leave the house. Like I, I wasn't doing like any like 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 hard drugs or anything like that. I was just you know just like like drinking and smoking and trying other stuff uh, a little too uh, liberally and uh, one of them I remember came to my house and was like like, like I've got a, a full year free of wow that uh, like you try and in my mind I'm thinking like this kind of feels like you're trying to push like heroin on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's there's a lot of addiction that goes with both so dude there was three of them that mm. were living in one house and like I, I love I love these boys but like I saw how the house just started eating itself from the yeah. inside like after like two years of everybody in the house playing WoW like <laughs> like the couch started like being in pieces like it was a sectional and they they would keep breaking it for some reason so then they would just <laughs> take like break a piece off the sectional and move it to another room <laughs> I mean you have new areas to play WoW obviously that was kind of it, and like if they, you know, invited like people over to bring their setup, and <laughs> they would have a chair to sit on. Yeah. Oh god. So like, so like I played WoW um, for mm, I want to say about a year or two, and it as an MMORPG, it it felt there was something about it that was inherently different from other MMORPGs that I played um, and it was a lot of fun for me but I really really hated that you know like we were talking about uh, game save banks like right. you, were, you could make like I think it was like eight or nine characters or something um, I hated that when you were playing a job as a paladin like that was a character like I didn't like that personally um, some people find it easier to like keep things separate uh, based on each character, but I switched over to Final Fantasy XIV when that came out in 2012, I think. Um, and you could make a character, and whenever you picked up a hammer, you know, instead of being in you know a, a white mage class where you're carrying a staff, now that you have a hammer, it makes sense switch your mind to the skill set that goes with it. 
So like all my combat shit is now locked. I mean, unless I want to be a dumbass and run out and get beat to death by a level one B because I'm weak. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, the, I haven't played fourteen. The only one I've played I think was seven. But I go, I'm just imagining it goes to like the you know the action screen and it's like the barbarian on one side and a B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm out there in like an apron and like like a full smock and I got a hammer and I was like, pow. Three damage. Oh shit! You have angered the bee. Yeah, bee comes yeah. back and tell you it's fifteen damage. Yeah. Oh no, I got hit. I got hit by like three, three or four power, and all of a sudden, like twenty other bees show up. So, I, I really, I really like that when you switch main weapons, that changes your class. Now, if you've never wielded. A fucking hammer before? No, you're not going to be a master smith, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. That's how Elder Scrolls would work. Like, if you have, like, a legendary two-handed weapon, Mm -hmm. but you've never used, like, anything two-handed before... Exactly. It doesn't matter how good you are with a one-handed weapon. You're you're back at one. Yeah, no, that's a specific skill. I loved that, actually. Um, I think that was the first time I'd encountered anything like that, as far as... Personalization, customization, because yeah, individual with level ups. Yeah, Instead with of it just many, like being a class as a whole. Yeah, as many uh, skills as they had, you know, and each of them had a skill tree. Like, the fuck's going on? Yeah, it was wicked cool to see that someone put a system like that in. In my opinion, um, I think as far as games go, I, I think Elder Scrolls kind of dominates like it just as far as like how precise everything is now the gameplay is something different the physics while I absolutely love it and even something about the horses that it looks like they literally just scanned in like a plastic horse <laughs> that didn't really look like a horse to begin with. They're just like, yeah, I mean, kids think it's a horse. Especially whenever it jumps, like it's just lock leg. It yeah. just, it just whew, it floats. <laughs> Falling down the mountain with a horse. Yeah, you get Shadow Mirror and like has this cool intro scene where like the lake outside the Dark Brotherhood Sanctuary starts bubbling. And like this horse comes up, like cool, and then you see the horse, and it's like, <laughs> all right, modified Barbie doll. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, you took the, the black stallion Barbie playset, and then put two red LEDs in the eye sockets. <laughs> like, huh? So evil bad. horse. But the, like, there is something about like how the physics of it aren't aren't too realistic to where like you can't find a way to jump up the side of a mountain you know yeah like I remember trying to get to what was it High Hrothgar the first time <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that there was a path that you could I didn't take either. that spirals around the whole thing yeah, yeah. No, I didn't get that steps. fucking memo no no I, and I did I went to the town outside of the path because it's got like a little it's like you're like meet this person like yeah. they, will, they will give you you know supplies for the trip up to High Hrothgar I'm like, all right, bet we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. And then some, somehow my dumbass is just like, right, let's not take that path, but let's go up this. Yeah. Steep. The incline's a little steep over there, and I don't want to fall back off the mountain. Yeah. So I think I can make it though. 
<laughs> you know they say the quickest way. Maybe if I sprint line. and try jumping, I'll make it this time. I will. The likelihood of me getting mauled by another saber-toothed cat, like I have on every other road in no Skyrim, <laughs> seems to be minimalized if I instead do jumpy tricks up the side of the steep mountain. Let's go for that. Parkour! And it's so weird. <laughs> it's like one of the few and only ice trolls that you actually find in the game are, is on the path of High Hrothgar. It's like one of the few that you actually find. Yeah, yeah there's another one. It's like a he, patch of them. Um, it's someplace it's like towards... Cave. Yeah, yeah. Someplace between um, the college of, what was that, Winterhold? Yeah, Winterhold. And then you've got wherever Ulfric... You know, Ulfric. Solitude? No. No. I remember I've sided with him one time I played Never through again. it. <laughs> Never again. Never again. It's like, now we will split and wait that we will finally take back Skyrim for the people. It's like, so you're just gonna sit in that throne the whole time? My fat ass is out here killing dragons. Well, it's like that last time, it, last time it looked like you fucking left. He's in the back of the cart with you. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back like one of the few times you ever see him is whenever you first go to uh, fuck the town, um, Windhelm. Well, I mean, you meet him in the back of the cart at the very, very yeah, 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 and that, yeah. After that, whenever you go to it, it's like early in the uh, main quest line. You go uh, to, I think it's Windhelm, and he's like talking with his general, like the orc guy, like, and Ulfric's like walking around, he's like, what do you know about the the current war? (laughs) But like, in in your mind, you're just sort of like, well, yeah, like you, it's for the people, right? The free people of of Skyrim. And you realize this man doesn't give a fuck about like the free people of Skyrim at all. He cares about being the king of Skyrim. I don't know. It personally, doesn't feel like the Imperials aren't much better in terms of what they're wanting to do. No, their action plan. It kind of honestly feels like you're choosing between like a shit in your hand or like a rock to the face. It's like <laughs> if both of them feel both of them feel awful. Personally, I sh- I'll take the shit in the hand. Exactly why I side with the Imperials. Like, it is pretty, it's pretty shit still. So but now what do I do with it? That is your shit. <laughs> Can I put it down? No. No. No, no, you got on this train. There's no getting off. Keep it. It may come in hand. <laughs> but it, I, I think it's really cool that you can choose to not side with either and just continue with the main story. And then there's like a whole like dialogue. Everybody meets the fuck together to like discuss what we're going to do about Alduin coming in to fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that uh, round table yeah, meeting. The, yeah, and everybody's like, well, it's like you choose any one of the options, and the other side's like, well, fuck you. It looks like you're not on our side. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm not on anybody's side. Uh, clearly, I'm here for myself. Yeah, it's like something like it gives you like five choices or something, and you have to end up with like it being three to two for somebody. And then whoever at the end is like, well, this I don't think this is very fair at all. It's like, dude, fuck off. It's like, what do you want me to do here? It, it's like really evil you think about it because they're essentially going like, all right, you guys can have this city. It's like, what about the people who live there? Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> they should have picked a different city. 
One that wasn't so militaristically weak. Yeah, so so it feels bad whenever you uh, like chew, accidentally overthrow the uh, the Jarl of Whiterun, mm-hmm. and like it gets replaced by the chick, and he's like, "Who the fuck is this bitch? I didn't ask for this." Yeah. I cannot wait. Well, I mean, I have to because it'll probably be another ten years. But whenever Elder Scrolls Six comes out, yeah, they gave us like one trailer two and a half, three years ago. I haven't seen shit since. Like, you would, you would have thought they would have had something for this uh, E3, but no, they didn't have anything for as good. But, I mean, they had Halo and, and things of that nature, um, which is still really good, but I'm really, uh, I'm really happy for Obsidian's uh, second Outer World. Outer World 2 looks really good. I'm happy for it. I had mixed feelings about uh, the first one. I uh, wished that it was a lot more open world than what it seemed to be because it, like it, it really wasn't like yeah, open it's pretty world. linear yeah um I, I didn't really care for that too much because it i i thought it marketed itself more or less as an open world game yeah like fallout-esque like where you can mm-hmm. kind of still do whatever right you know because obsidian you know they were one of the helpers with new vegas um but you know it still wasn't a bad game per se. It just didn't have that same nature of the open world. Now the uh, the other thing that like I found mm, odd and I don't know uh, how much value my opinion has on it. Probably little to none. But um, there there didn't seem to be other than the Rick Sanchez guy. There didn't seem to be. Any redeemable male characters in the whole game? Oh yeah, no. It felt like all all of the buffoonish and weak members in your party were were the guys. Um, and like I I get why they did that. At the same time, because they're like, oh, we wanted to have you know some you know equality. Bu- well, bucka traditional norms of hero archetypes and whatnot. I was like, yeah, I get that, but literally every. Dumb and dimwitted and morally <laughs> bad, 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 bad character, morally foul character in the game is a dude. I think the. I'm not gonna lie. Like, at some point, I was thinking about a different game, and and now I'm lost. The oh, Outer like, Worlds. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Play it, that. it was a. I mean, going in further detail may not help, but it was a you know it's a it's a game made by Obsidian, same same game game dev who helped with uh, New Vegas. Um, they've made a bunch of other like open worldish RPGs. They've made um, it's a beautiful game. It really like, does graphically. It looks amazing. And the uh, the character level up mm-hmm. and uh, oh, yeah, like skill all, trees. And, yeah, yeah felt incredible, really good. incredible. It is. Like I said, I there's mixed feelings about it. Um, the biggest detractor I felt though was how linear it was when it had everything set up to be like this awesome open world. But there is a, uh, I get like some aspect to it, like the how it was trying to merge both the open world into a linear format. It's like the first planet you're on. <clears throat> You can at least, at least with me, while the rest of the game is downloading, it'll give you like that first planet. Oh where yeah, you, you can, can still you play. You can start it. the game and start your character and uh, all their skill tree and all that. I think I think you, I, you can get up to 
I don't know, easily level 10 first planet. Like, mm-hmm. so. Some, something like that. But, yeah, like, that was awesome. I, I would be uh, uh, interested to see, like, uh, how the second game uh, turns out. So, I haven't played Cyberpunk yet, though. I do want to play that. Yeah, I, I started playing a little bit of it. I got about two hours into it, and I just haven't played it since. I don't know, it's... I, I I didn't I wasn't I didn't buy into the hype or whatever. I I, I heard it was going to be a good game. You know, it's been in development for a long time. I'm like, okay, hopefully they just don't do nuke them forever. Us, <laughs> like that's that was my initial thought. Hopefully, you know, because it took a long time, it's not going to be absolute trashed here. Um, but you know, it's, it wasn't bad. My biggest issue was at launch. It was quite hard for like you to make the game look good and also have it playable at the same time because graphically that shit is intense. Um, that's that's why I heard initially was that like it was so buggy because they like they didn't want to rush it and then for some reason they had like a deadline to meet whether they had to rush something out it was like had all these problems with it but the I think the only game in recent years that I uh, had ever been like like fuck man I gotta get this fucking game like now has been a uh, Red Dead Two. Oh yes, Red Dead Two. First, so good. I, uh, I I was thought I was thinking of Red Dead again because Jess and I just saw the um, the South Park episode where the cop comes home and he's wanting to yeah. play Red Dead. It's like what what is this? What is this sniper rifle? The farm is done. I'm going back. <laughs> you can't go back to the snow area. <laughs> You know, I I played a lot of Red Dead for God like a month, and and there was my chief complaint with the game, which by the way the fact that if you enter certain areas like the way that they chose to mm-hmm. lock off areas you weren't ready for, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, just an onslaught of lawmen and bounty yeah. hunters coming your way. It's like yeah, yeah maybe this is me. I should be. If you badass like that, help yourself. There's some free guns when you kill them off. I mean. But you know, don't come back because that that wanted level's still there. Um, but I like the way that they did that, and I really hated the the amount of time that was required to spend on that fucking horse. So um, other than that, man, I loved the premise of the game. I loved my favorite part was I'm having a bad day at home or whatever, whatever's going on in my personal life. Let me get on Red Dead. I'm gonna shoot a civilian in the face and then <laughs> let the onslaught be begin, bitches. <laughs> Did you ever do the thing? Um, it's a, a certain hack where um, I forget. It's the part of the land where, as Arthur, it's it's n- no man's land. Like you can't go there, otherwise, you know, the bounty hunters will just right. strike you down. It's like the Great Plains part. Um, but you go to this certain spot in the river that separates uh, it from. Fuck, wherever Valentine, like that area, you know. You save your game there, then you load a certain um, mission where you're in the New Orleans uh, town rescuing your or Jack's son, right? And then after you play that mission, you go back to your game, and it'll load you in the Great Plains and without them searching for you. 
So you you as Arthur Yeah, so you as Arthur can now explore down into like the desert area and uh so all that cool. and go hunting and fishing say, it's down. Near there. the south, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't know there was a glitch for that. No. Um that is that, really cool. Oh yeah. my god, that would have made my life so much easier. <laughs> it uh it didn't work the first time I did it, and I was like, fuck. Obviously it doesn't work patched it. No. <laughs> but like second time I, I tried again, I, I tried it from a different spot in the river. Because uh, there's something about it to where it will, uh, the save game won't know like where to load you where you're, like where you're at. If you're in the river, it's not gonna trigger the um, the bounty hunters to be like like certain like yeah you're in the. Uh, so you're right on the boundary. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I guess the trigger for it is like is like whenever you physically move into it instead of just loading it. That's so. Game glitches are so fun and just fantastic. Like <laughs> going back to like like this Elder Scroll games, dude. They are just they are filled with them. There are numerous amount of glitches that you can do. Easy chests that you can just get from under the map and shit like that. Free money, like you know, uh, you can punch NPCs. Like you can save, punch an NPC, load the save, and their inventory will be completely restocked again. No fucking idea why, <laughs> but it just does. What's <laughs> Incredible is like how somebody figured out these glitches. You know what That's I mean? That's what I've always wanted to know. It's like how the fuck does anybody go through some of these complex steps to figure this shit out? This like, is an for eleven example, step process. Yeah, like, example, how did you get here? Like the loading in the river. Like how the fuck did they know to go back to that mission when you're rescuing Jackson? Like what the fuck triggered that thought? Yeah. They were having a bad day, so they were just riding around. And they're like, fuck, man, I gotta go back. No, I haven't killed too many people. (laughs) I need to play this really non-adventurous mission where I'm sneaking through a graveyard and shoot about five people after an hour, and then I ride back. It's not a fun mission. Not at all. So it's like, why would you want to go back? Yeah. It it doesn't make sense. It's, It's like, I wonder if he went... Because I think it's in chapter four, Saint Denis. It's either three or four. But I wonder if he went through loading every single mission until he got to that one. He's like, perfect. I found this, it. This is the one. This is the one. Martha, get the camera. 37 <laughs> missions in, and it finally worked. So, how long did you, uh, did you teach uh, martial arts for? Uh, mm, so that's that's a fun question. Um, off and on, um, I mean, I started like helping teach classes and stuff, um, and I started doing that when I was fourteen, maybe fifteen, um, and then there was a, a stint where I worked for the owner uh, for. I want to say it was about a year or so. Uh, And then shortly after that, uh, I left for the military. And when I got out, uh, that was one of the jobs that I took up and started doing that again. Because, I mean, it's it's kind of a a niche skill for an adult looking for a job, you know? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So... Being here with the trained martial art, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of hours, obviously, to get to that point. But, I mean, there were certification tests that we had to take. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, I think in total, I, I think probably 
maybe five or six years, seven years, something along those lines. I don't know. I mean, I've never really stopped practicing um, since I started it, uh, but after I got my third degree, I, st I, I was still working there at the time. Um, and then before I got the job at the place where I work now, uh, I was still teaching there part-time as I started this other job that I was working full-time and things panned out to where uh, I said to myself, you know, I'm gonna quit teaching and uh, take a break, you know, and come back to it. So it was just one of those things where it was a lot of time segments, but they're spread out over, you know, 20 years. Is there a particular school that uh, you specialized in? Uh, Taekwondo, South Korea martial art. Um, it, uh, there's, there's primarily, it's focused on kicking, but as obviously you get higher and more techniques are trusted to be taught to you and uh, whatnot, um, there were other techniques that were given, such as grappling, and um, like I had to actually take a test on how to fight on the ground specifically like a jujitsu mm -hmm. yeah um, so I mean there was there was a lot the only time I've ever uh, fought on the ground is whenever I'm getting my ass whooped that's normally just me <laughs> sort of like flailing around trying to prevent the subsequent further abs yeah, ass yeah. so there's there was this one time where I was I was at my buddy's house uh, waiting on him to get off work uh, and he didn't get off till like one in the morning because I think he had some sort of warehouse job I don't know it was I mean we were we were young back then and uh, <laughs> back in my day back in my day I uh, I guess the the guy that was his neighbor. Uh, was having like a party or something and there was a guy that had like beat me up when I was a kid that was there and he saw me and I guess he remembered me I don't know but anyway um, I was wearing a Taekwondo shirt actually uh, and which prompted him to in his drunken thought process he decided to provoke a fight with me and that's uh, wise yeah um, I mean he succeeded in knocking me down but I broke his nose so, I mean, he kind of <laughs> tackled me to the ground with his head snapped back. So, I mean, at that point, speaking of ground fighting, some of that kicked in. And, you know, it was uh, mostly me protecting the vital areas. And his hits were really, like, I wouldn't say weak, but there there wasn't enough he wasn't contact. He wasn't punching here. behind yeah, he was he was behind me, and so he's like hit me in the back no, of the I mean, head. Like, uh, you know, like when you punch, like oh yeah, like go through something. Go through the target, right? Yeah. Right. That's that's actually that's how we train people to do stuff like break boards and stuff. That's, um, that's how I whenever I piss on people, that's how I do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, through the target. Just aim like all right, I'm gonna piss right into the bathtub behind your skull, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there there was times. Back in my day, when I actually am really, really glad that I took a liking to that as much as I did when I was younger, because 
those skills definitely came in handy mm. back when I was a lot younger and much more willing to provoke a fight. Whenever I was a little boy, I would get in fights a lot enough of my own like volition or anything. Like I, I just, you know, I was, I was a smart, loudmouth kid. And yep, that'll do it. Bull, yeah, bullies don't like that. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, my parents put me in uh, karate classes for a little bit, and then I, I had a, I had one bully in third grade. His name was Tim, and he was the new kid and. Nobody was like mean to him or anything like that. He he was just something was off with him, and he had uh, he'd been irking me like I think he threw like a snowball in my face like like from like close range and like hard and like I didn't like that. <laughs> and then he um, one day he threw like a ball at my face, like like mm. like hard and. I uh, so I started chasing him. Now I'm not I'm not fast as a child nor as an adult. Same. But Same. when I have willpower, I get stupid when I'm angry and like. So I tracked him. I ran after him across the, the playground, caught him by his hood, and then he tried to unzip his hood from his you know, like a big South Park kind of kids yeah. jackets, <laughs> winter jackets. So I grabbed his cheek and. Just wheeled his uh, cheek around with my left hand and just started punch mm. him in the face. And then I remember being scared because I was like, "Fuck, he's gonna go inside and say that like I like I, fuck out." Yeah, I, I, I beat him up. He, he didn't though. And that was one of the in, uh, insights I had about uh, a bully's mentality. That like a lot of times they just they need to be put in that place because otherwise they're just. The, what I imagine it is is that they they got that whenever they were a child, right? Mm. And then they just instead of doing something healthy with it, like I don't know, using your trauma to like have a skill to like you know better yeah. yourself or anything. Yeah, that instead they're like, you know what? I'm gonna make their world shit. So then they'll understand yeah. what it's like to yeah. be me. Fuck that guy over there in particular. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. I don't. I don't know. Like, what would what would trigger that mindset? I can tell you that uh, um, I'm also stupid when angry. I too have that stuff. I, you know, birds of a feather. Mm. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> like, you spit in my face. I'm going to jail. Like, that's that's a top tier. You better be faster than me. Uh, but they normally are. But heaven forbid if I catch them. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll throw up a lung while I'm running. No, if if you do something like spit in my face, no, I'm going to get you. What it if it might take a while? What if we're making sweet, sweet love? Well, and I, I mean, just spit right in your face just I because mean, you're a dirty slut. And I, that's, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Rem might like that. I don't know. So, I okay, I haven't got that far yet. That's, that's that's a respectable answer. I can. I mean, back to what we were originally talking about. You know, the fact that my name has a nickname in it. Small detail. Very small detail, but it really leads to uh, immersion while you're playing the game, right? And that's one thing I really like about it. Rem immerses herself in much. Well, I, I think it's more the other way around, that she gets immersed onto 
<laughs> yeah. Immerse. You know, so, it sounds like a foreign cologne or like something like immerse yourself in REM. <laughs> Deep cloak by REM. Like the erudite. I don't know why specifically. I was like, you know what? Mm, personality whore. <laughs> I don't know. It's just more the way my brain works. That's, I guess that's kind of what happened to me whenever I turned my thirties. <laughs> For some reason, like women started finding me attractive, and like not throughout most of my twenties, like this is new. Well, I guess I'll just be a slut. <laughs> yeah, um, I would not saying I would recommend it. I, you know, it's your YOLO. You know, yeah, in life. I, I, I think my wife would frown upon that, but well, you know, yeah, me being a bachelor, I don't recommend it if you're <laughs> drawing patrol. Just like, yeah, honey, no. I've been giving it thought, and, <laughs> and I think it's time for hot boy summer. I'm gonna be a slut this year. <laughs> well, Frank, you've always been honest. I don't know why his, his, his wife is. 70 years old. Maybe that's the time. Like, when your wife is 70 and you're betrothed and you come to her with the the hot boy summer talk. You're already 65. Yeah. In your prime. (laughs) I mean, you know, what what, what do you got to lose? Piss her off? I mean, mean, if you're pissing her off and she's 70, I mean, I'm not saying the health will fail. I mean, you might want to hope it does, depending on how angry she gets. Worst that could happen is she kill you. I, I yeah, know. yeah. You're right about that. I mean, that's kind of my D and D mentality when I make decisions, because uh, I'm one of the more vocal people in the group. So I end up kind of being like the de facto mouth when we talk <laughs> to NPCs. So you know, I mean, it could be because I'm opinionated. Um, oh, there's something about hopping into character as well, though. Like, yeah, you know, whenever like I perform on stage, it's just essentially me with my dick in my hand. You know, I got a guitar, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's an extension of it. You're on stage, take the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, yeah, like I, I don't act the same way on stage that I act like now on the podcast. Like this. This is a is as about as genuine as I can represent myself. If I'm on stage, nah, fuck that. I'm there to entertain. Yeah, yeah, it's a stage show. Yeah, like I'm not there to like. Let me tell you a little bit about me. (laughs) I mean, about my home life, where I came from. It was a small horseshoe neighborhood, somewhere off in the chilly hills of Appalachia. Sunbeams would light the crops, and summer's glow. That harvest moon would kick in in late September. If you got a woman sitting there that long with your opening line, I want to shake your hand, sir. Because Nor- that was a very soothing voice you chose. Normally, the uh, the soothing baritone doesn't work very well if you're like <laughs> at a show, you know, like to see music. That's normally the only place I go for social interaction, other than you know the local haberdashery to get goods. You know, as one does. Yeah. I, I can't make my own trash bags. I have to go and see somebody. Yeah, there's not a 3D print kit for that. Yet. I, I just even if there were, I don't have that skill nor knowledge. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I've been I've been sewing together some garbage bags. Wow, awesome! A garbage bag made of cloth that took you a week. That is not going to hold the garbage in it. Sure, sure. This this is great. Thanks. Exactly. Tell you what, we're gonna put your usable worst <laughs> gift ever. We're gonna put your garbage bag on the fridge so everybody can see it. 
Everybody gets like <laughs> trash. Ooh, doesn't it look good up there? Ooh. Now there's there's a lot to be said about the uh, the ability to step into the character, and I mean at that point, like you know, if you're playing with a group that you don't want to like get into character to, but you know it's something you like to do. I mean, I think you should get a different group. You know, you should be able to play any kind of way you want. Like I have some friends that they don't ever actually like step into their character. They don't do voices. Right. They're just like. Hmm, I think this is what my character would do. And, you know, if that's the way you play, you know, good for you. Yeah, teach you. Glad you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. But me? No, there are times I'm like, listen. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Barman. (laughs) I see you got that bag of holding there. I'm about to suck your dick for it, man. (laughs) Do you have a die? I I mean, I can. I can be whatever you want. (laughs) For no, about 15 minutes. No, no, miss, or die. I, I'm unsure if I want to get my dick sucked by a gnome until I see how well you roll a die. <laughs> well, in that case... You know, that first campaign we played... Ooh! High as the die can go! Deep throat skills. <laughs> deep plug the deep throat queen. I think if, uh... If I were getting into a character, one, I would totally want to use a voice, but I think I would, yeah. uh, I think I would do my Randy character voice. Though. Hey, y'all, Randy, skip it in my I'm a mage. Big <laughs> <laughs> cast fireball. You have, you know, well, a, I got a little bit of archery skill as well. You know, sometimes you need a well-placed arrow where a destruction spell just can't cut it. But for now, lightning bolt. <laughs> you can, uh, there's a uh, tempest a source book called Acquisitions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. It has a uh, it has like different variants of flavor like spells. So like just magic missile, which is a normal spell. But then they they have one called Jim's Magic Missile. So like I'd imagine like Randy would cast Jim's Magic Missile instead of <laughs> instead of Magic Missile. I don't normally do this, but I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna cast Frank's Undead spell. <laughs> Raise him up! Randy, you've rolled a one. You have reanimated a gopher. Attack! <laughs> oh God. It just makes me think of uh, in, in Baldur's Gate, uh, the really old uh, isometric RPG. Uh, it it uh, There's a character in it. His name is Meeks, and he has a what he what he claims to be a hamster from space that he's named Boo is an actual hamster. So like whenever he goes into combat and stuff, he's like, "Go for the eyes, Boo! The eyes!" <laughs> How much X or uh, would be HP? How many health points is? I, I think it's I think it's just one. <laughs> and it just holds in his inventory, like just a little inventory item. I don't think you can actually do anything with it, but he just he just like to yell. I, I don't know, but he, he's kind of crazy. He likes his space hamster. I don't know. I, I think like 
pet companions in D&D add a lot to your character as well. Like, it shows, like, a side of, of an extension of you. Like, if you're a warlock and you have this, like, imp flying imp with you, like, it's an extension of you. It shows more of your more of your character. Now, would you have to fill out, like, a character sheet for, like, your animal companion? No, normally there's, like, a predetermined stat block for said creature you're summoning. Like, in the imp, they would, the DM would just give you a stat block for the imp. Unless, like, you're going full custom, like, on your whatever you made or, like, constructed as an artificer, uh, like, it, like, sometimes the DM will allow you to be like, well, you know, it, normally, like, this construct has high strength, but I'd rather than have high decks instead, and so, it, it's, it's I'd all rather have high decks myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so would Ram. <laughs> I mean, the, like, specifically for me, I got an ability where I got to create a tiny artificer construction that would aid me in battle. Uh, like it, it has its own role and everything. Uh, when I made it, um, the way that we figured it out was uh, like with the software that we're using, because we have one guy that's in like New Mexico, mm. so we have to do everything online together. Um, but there was um, there was already like pre-generated because it's an ability. There was a pre-generated. Uh, like page in their little internal uh, encyclopedia. That would make sense. Yeah, to it have something prepared if you're gonna already have that ability laid out. Yeah, it yeah. It definitely saves a lot of hassle. They they have uh, like numerous amount of sheets in there that you can just kind of drag and drop into your campaign <laughs> to use. I suppose that also helps so you can't have some like Karen at the table is just like yeah I maybe did but I have a familiar that resurrects my body that's a, that's it's a hawk so <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see it before but the hawk flies in and he has a, a, a special ability to where you don't need a die roll to reanimate with full stats and ability so yay I'm back the, you know the, there's like there's the some DMs year old mentality yeah there's there's some DMs that would that those, look those people the become politicians. Go. That's what happens with those people. They run for politics one day. I'm yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I'm saying there are some DMs that'll listen to somebody like that and they'll go, you know what? I'll allow it. But then there are other DMs who are like super oriented towards everything has to have weight in your inventory. You have to detail every piece of pocket lint you've got. And I mean, you could lint, you could end up with magic items like pocket lint. I mean. You know, pocket sand. We threw, <laughs> like, we threw a magical bean on the ground in another campaign, uh, and we had to water it for it to grow. And the DM would roll to see on this list of items in this table what would come out of the beanstalk or whatever. And so we threw the magic bean on the ground. Nobody had water. We didn't think about the canteens, but you know. Oh well. So as one does, <laughs> gather round, boys. Bonding time. Pee on the bean. <laughs> Would that work? Uh, it did. It did. As a yeah, I mean, it did work. <laughs> uh, so we're all standing there with our dicks in our hands, just in a circle, having a conversation, waiting on the timer for this thing to go. Uh, up pops a land shark. It's like. 30 feet long, I think. So and it's like hostile. It's like a hammerhead with legs. It's called a bullet. It's what yeah. the creature's called. A bull shark with legs. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a very intimidating creature. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? <laughs> it burrows out of the ground, too. It's just a real... Yeah. The only scary thing would be bears that swim. 
Like, and I don't mean like in the river. I mean that like like they're aquatic. Like you can just see be in a is. lake. Yeah. That's, that's ooh no that ooh that's terrifying. I mean, land shark was pretty rough, but swimming bears is. Bears, you can't never get in the water at that point. But in the ocean? But like in the ocean? Yeah, I mean, a polar like, bear, but like, I mean, like, ones that you're just like at the beach and you just see just a bear pop out of the water. Fucking pot of bears. Oh my god. Like, what? What are you gonna do? Shit yourself. I mean, there's three, op- three options, and maybe, maybe you can achieve all three of them. You can run, <laughs> you can shit yourself, and or you can die. So. You're Pretty not much. fighting that bear. That bear will 100% win. Like, people like to debate, like, what would win, a gorilla or a bear? That bear is winning 100% of the fucking time. Totally. Like, yeah. no way it I, isn't. I put my money on a bear. Well, a black bear and a gorilla, maybe that will be a little bit it, closer. It'll be but a little closer. The claw is still on that black bear. They, they have a lot more, like, They can PSI. climb in that tree up after that gorilla as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot more PSI per hit. Like they, they, they hit way harder than the gorilla does. They no no shot gorilla wins. Fuck no. Fuck no. Against a bear, I mean, golly man. Like maybe a tiger? Maybe a tiger could take down a bear? Dude, now I'm trying to think if I can take a bear. Like, t- I mean, tigers are fucking huge. What is a bear's dude? natural predator? Is there one other have than a human? Na- like a, another bear? A bigger bear? Yeah, a bigger bear. What's going to eat the fish? A bigger fish. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been thinking about it for like the last 30 <laughs> seconds now. No, I'm I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm 99% sure bear's top of the food chain. <laughs> if, it, if it gets in the water and it can swim where the fuck, it's top of the food chain there too. Yeah. Cause which, it, which it does. I mean, it swims all the time. Like, yeah. all the time. The only thing that's stopping it... Is it? I don't think it knows. I don't think grizzly bears know that beaches are because <laughs> you know they're just in cold climates. So if they ever figured out that warm sandy beaches were a thing, they would. Plus, like you ever seen a bear when it sheds all of its fur, like in the warm months? Thing looks like a fucking werewolf, dude. Yeah. Like I saw a picture of that not that long ago. I was like, oh, that. I don't know if I'd rather see the fur or see this thing coming at me. Like it's something out of a. Out of a myth, dude. Lovecraftian horror beast. Seriously, yeah, dude. Like expecting some fucking tentacles to grow out of its udders or something. <laughs> how else can you make this creature more terrifying? Oh, let's remove all the fur. Because it still has like its tufts of fur like around its face. You know what I mean? But like everything else, like you just see like its lean body. Yeah. It looks like a fucking werewolf. See, here's the additional thing on it. They're just like they're so thick. Added, like you're not damaging it, like like punching it or anything. Like you're oh, not, you're not. Like that gets no fucking way, dude. Yeah. Not even mo- like you have to have higher caliber bullets to even like kill it if you're shooting it. So yeah. like like that thing is a fucking meat shield. Goddamn. You ever see the Revenant? I I haven't. I I is that the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and he fights the bear? Mm-hmm. Dude, it's brutal. It's like two minutes. One uh, jump cut in the whole thing, so like it just stays on the fight the whole time. And I mean, it's a CGI bear, which is, you know, I mean, it's impressive because it looks fucking real. But still, though, man, like, good God, like, like you, you're there, like, 
I don't even know if Leonardo DiCaprio is there. Like, again, <laughs> it's a CGI bear, so like it may have just been him, like in a front of a green screen with everything on, and him just going ah ah. Then be like, perfect. Yeah, we'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. Don't don't worry, Leo. You'll look great. You won't cut your hand again. I promise. Dude, it's a good fucking movie. Another uh, good uh, bear movie, uh, The Edge. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Came out in the no. 90s. It's uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin, and Harold Pinot. I think it's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Harold Pinot was, uh, he was in the two Matrix sequels, and he was on the HBO series Oz. In the HBO series Oz, he was in the oh, wheelchair. In yeah. uh, the two Matrix sequels, he, uh, he was the guy on the ship that would uh, run everything because the original guy Tank got killed in the first movie mm. but um, these three guys there uh, Anthony Hopkins is like a billionaire and uh, Alec Baldwin is a photographer and Anthony Hopkins wife is a supermodel and uh, I'm trying to think why Harold Pineau is there I think he Maybe he's not the maybe he's the photographer and the other guy's the manager, something Alec Baldwin's manager, mm-hmm. something like that, but <clears throat> Anthony Hopkins deduces that he's he's got all this money, so all he does is read. So he reads like all these old almanacs and he's never really done anything in the woods. He's just read all this stuff. So he mm-hmm. has all this knowledge about the wilderness and how to survive. He deduces that Alec Baldwin's fucking his wife and that he's led him out here to this this uh, a remote part of Alaska to kill him, so he can say that like, oh well, he was old and he he fell or something like that. Yeah. Now they're in the plane when Anthony Hopkins reveals this to him. Where he's like, he's like, so when are you planning to kill me? Then a flock of birds flies into the plane. The plane goes down. Pilot dies. The other three members get out. Now they're stranded in the woods in Alaska, and they come across a bear, and the bear starts following them. And then the bear. Spoiler alert: the bear gets one of them. Oh, <laughs> and it's a it's it, it's a real bear. This is the '90s. They didn't have the CGI to pull this off, so they yeah. have like this like real Kodiak bear, like with these actors the whole time. That's mm. terrifying. Fuck that. Like any like like circus freaks or any of those people that will like fuck around with like bears and animals fuck yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah that that seems cruel to me you know what I mean like oh yeah the animal the animal cruelty part aside like yeah uh, but yeah just the audacity be like you know what I want to do I've had this dream where I'm going to go to Russia <coughs> I'm going to start the show <coughs> we're going to have trapeze we have we have hockey oh we have hockey games we have gymnastics, all of this. But, my friends, we're going to use bears to do the whole thing. We have bears with hockey, bears on balls, bears juggling. We have five, six bears in a ring at a time, and I stand in the middle with the whip and the whip. You gotta have serious, you gotta have serious stones to try and train a bear. like. How, I, how, how do you train that? And like, you just give it hunks of meat. It's like, here, you can have this hunk of meat. But then, when is it going to look at you and be like, you're a hunk of meat? <laughs> I think you have to have like a death wish fetish. Like, just be like, you know what? I've 
That tracks. I've, I've, I think I've done enough here on this planet. <laughs> on to the next great adventure. Damn it, the bear didn't need me today. We're going to ask for a volunteer from the audience <laughs> to come in and let Coco... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they name it some, some friendly ass yeah. name. We're, we're like Coco and Dee Dee come in here and eat a salmon off of your head. Mm. Oh, this young man. <laughs> come on up here, son. This is the last day they had uh, the bear park open. Mm-hmm. I can't. My God. I can't imagine trying to train something that big, something that, you know, top of the food chain. Right? Like, I understand that we're also at the top of the food chain, but we're in a whole different, we're in a different branch of it. Yeah, we're pack hunters. Yeah. Bears don't have to have a, 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 a group of bears. One man army. Yeah. Yeah. Thing's a fucking tank in itself. I will say, though, if I could put a saddle on a bear. Oh, yeah. War bear? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think you would have to raise it from a cup. I think that's the only way you mm-hmm. can do it. Be like, a, like you know, treat it like you're its mother, you know, kind of thing. I think maybe you'd even have to do it second generation before you could put the saddle on. Like you would have to domesticate a cub, right? And then like breed, and then their offspring would already have a disposition to being domesticated at least I'm I'm no scientician I could be wrong but I, I think assuming evolution works <laughs> yeah like so like then like two or three bears down you would have one docile enough to where you could put a saddle on it I feel like that could be a good band name three bears down three bears down <laughs> <laughs> they uh they they're actually a three doors down cover band that plays exclusively at gay nightclubs. Three bears down. <laughs> it's not my time. I'm I'm just I just I'm just picturing just uh, some hairy shirtless dudes, only suspenders on, singing singing kryptonite. <laughs> a bunch of dudes just throwing up their hands, dancing, loving every minute of it. Body glitter everywhere. Oh god, so much body glitter. Much to the other bears' dismay, they're just like, uh, I'm gonna have to clean all this up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got glitter in my chest here. <laughs> Reggie's gonna know I went out. <laughs> <laughs> well, live in the moment. So if you could start start anew, right? Do okay. like a RPG, but the real life, right? What would you uh, would you start as? Are we doing like the classes from like Fractured Butthole? <laughs> what you can see. <laughs> you, there's, there's a myriad of options, I would say. You know, not not just limited to one franchise, but no, I don't think. Say that your class is a Jew. As they <laughs> in the South Park games would uh, be the, uh, the angle I'm looking here for. Interestingly enough, what I think is kind of cool about the stick of truth and the the Jew class is that you become more powerful when bad shit happens to you. 
the more bad things happen to you, your character becomes more powerful. They can do more damage. Well, know what my class is. <laughs> You've seen me roll two nat ones already, so... I yeah, mean, you know, they would get the lucky feet. You know, they would uh, be able to re-roll. So. What, what are you fucking kidding me? I wouldn't waste a feet on that. Well, I mean, halfling gets like, it's not a feet, but like, you know, it's like the Oh, little, it's like a halfling, like, sub-trait or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. where they can okay. re-roll a die. Um, but I, I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Yeah, halfling, they if they roll like a, a one, like once once a day, they can choose to re-roll the option. Huh, okay. Pretty good. Yeah. There's also a feat where you get like three points of luck, and you can use those points of luck on a die roll right. to re-roll a die. So if you roll one, you get a four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can... <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it helps a little bit. Um, you never know. Um, but in terms of in terms of class to actually start out, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've, I've already done the nerdy path ones. I don't know. I, I think it would be pretty cool to be like the jock, or or like the the cool football soccer or whatever sports star in, in school. So like a berserker or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, one of the athletic freaks. You know, something that really cares about hitting hard. <laughs> <laughs> and getting hard. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the Leroy Jenkins class. <laughs> yeah, everything in it. You would uh, you would still stick with uh, your uh, artificer. Artificer. And look at my note. Um, I played a bard once. I played. How long before the rest of the party killed you? Ah, no. No, no. Actually, I got us a lot of free shit. Uh, she did you? Was, did you? She sing? was also a whore. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're starting to see a common theme here. <laughs> well, I mean, there's only two instances so far. So no, there wasn't. Hold on, my third character was a someone who's arguably uh, lived a bit of a barred life. The uh, <laughs> promiscuity is—it's uh, a stereotype, but it's—it's not—it's not, it's not false. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Everybody wants to fuck a dragon until you get burnt. I mean, what's up? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I would say probably because the other class I played because I've only done three campaigns. Um, I mean, the other class I played a rope once, uh, and I swapped from bard. Uh, like my character was transported to another plane. I don't remember exactly. Uh, I swapped to a completely <laughs> custom made the dungeon master banished you. Like, yeah. your character sucks. <laughs> I sent them to the void for all eternity. They just <laughs> throw another around. another character sheet at you. <laughs> so that's more or less what we did. Like you're joking, but she literally bow gone. Where where did Lane go? Yeah, <laughs> so she's gone. That's all you really. That need was the bard. Yeah, Elaine was the bard. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just picturing they're traveling along, and the bard's just strumming her lute. Just that happened as we ride to the hills, and they're just like, God damn it! Just get this shit out. It's enough with the singing. Damn. Elaine has sung this song for five hundred days. Can we do something about this? Yeah, sure. Lane to the void. <laughs> the void to the void to the void. I Terry. Terry. <laughs> she she was replaced uh, with someone who was arguably much worse for the group. 
Uh, it was a sky pirate. Got us all killed. Dire. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Incorrect. Got two I, of us killed. I, yeah, that happened. Um, and use a random ass wish spell that was coincidentally placed there in the in an urn, you know, to bring us back to life. It's okay. I mean, say what you want, but I brought the house down that fight and killed two people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I ran into the middle of the horde with a bomb in each hand. Like, I, I don't know how much more warning you want, but Scott <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had, I had an airship right. and everything. Everybody know what the plan is? Takes off Fire the kiss, wickety swooty. I'm coming for that booty. <laughs> Roll to plunder. I was usually the first one on a dead body looking through the pockets. That That's accurate. Your 20-sided die only has six sides. Die, it's me lucky die. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing less than a 14 on this baby. Plus six. <laughs> yeah, plus, plus, plus six. six pirate. Dar, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I got a plus six on all skills. You ever picked a lock before? Dar, nah, I have a rating six on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it. there were times that people got shot because I had a revolver. And uh, <laughs> I would roll a one to hit an enemy. And it would, like, stupid shit my DM would come up misfiring, with. Misfiring. Yeah, it would misfire or I would sneeze. <laughs> One particular instance comes to mind. I would sneeze and jerk my arm to the right, or the left, rather. It ricocheted off the cave wall, bounced all around us. He had to duck, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, it ended up hitting the... Uh, necromancer gnome who was sitting on the uh, the lizard folk barbarian's shoulders. He was the quest giver as well. Yeah. He's like, I see you have finally made it here. You may ask one question. I'm gonna roll and shoot the bastard! <laughs> I mean, everybody else, that was one of the rare instances where everybody else was like, I don't know that we should really tackle this cave of orcs right now. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> YOLO, pow! Ooh, sorry. And then we had to leave, because we, and then we started a fire in the cave, because we wanted to smoke them out. <laughs> it was so bad. So we put, we spent our downtime collecting oleander, and if you look up oleander, it's, it's poisonous. very poisonous. Yeah. So... We had two leather sacks, not leather sacks, but like burlap sacks full of oleander. We threw that shit on the fire as the smoke drifted upwards into the cave. And our DM is sitting there and he's like, yeah, these motherfuckers. So, <laughs> so just to recap, that's a burning pile of poisonous flowers. Smoke is traveling into the cave where all of my orcs are. And you guys just want to stand outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Fuck you. So he ended up saying, give me five minutes. Okay, everybody goes outside, takes a break, comes back. Five minutes later, he's like, so my orcs are smart. <laughs> <laughs> These like, are no ordinary orcs. These are Uruk-hai. So, since my orcs are pretty smart, one of them came up with an idea to use uh, 
charcoal and like a, like a loincloth or something they created a gas mask and so like <laughs> all but like two of them failed the check to figure out how to put the shit together but the two that did took no damage the whole time they were in there everybody else is in there steady being poisoned and so they were significantly weakened by the time the fire died down and you know here they come they're a little angry I don't know why but so of course My- shoot them <laughs> yeah, that was not a fun fight. You killed all of our children. <laughs> Maybe they should have rolled higher. Oh. <laughs> Darr, you should have been using my lucky dice. <laughs> there's such weird shit that you can get away with. Like, there's a spell that you can use to literally, like, like summon, like, I think it's like four cows into midair. And drop them on an enemy. Yeah. Which, if you like, if you start doing the math, it's it's an obscene amount of damage. Yes. Yeah, of the amount of force exerted with the cow. The same Just spell. one cow, let alone four. Oh yeah. Yeah. The same yeah. spell. Like, if you upcast it at higher levels, uh, you can like you can also. It's not just cows. You can summon. It's like any kind of animal, lesser animal. So like, and it converts it properly to like the amount of animals. So like, one cow is like five chickens. So if you upcast it, you can actually fill the room with chickens. Yep. And that, that's also a fun time. <laughs> so how do you get out of a room full of chickens? You gotta kill all the chickens? <laughs> yeah, you gotta kill all the chickens. I mean, Legend of Zelda taught us that's not good. No, no. I wasn't allowed back at Karako Village for like <laughs> a couple of months. They had a wanted level on you. I tried hiding in the well. I came back out and they were there. <laughs> they were just waiting. Standing there. They were. Menacingly. I mean, I, I don't know how you would get out of that if you're in like a like a small hallway and you see the enemy that you're charging, and while you're charging, because you have so many amount of movement feet that you can do per turn. Right. And if you're a gnome, you got short little stubby legs. It's shorter so it's like than everybody else. It's like 25, 20, 20 feet. So you got this gnome charging in with this double side, double edged battle axe, and he stops midway through the hallway. Cause now it's your turn. And you're like, hmm. Hold on. Chicken. <laughs> I call this spell KFC, bitch. Because <laughs> now I can't KFC you anymore. Bye. I cast Oh My Bagok. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. I, I mean, mean, I would imagine as well, like, chickens and a gnome, like, I mean, that's like humans and a horse almost you know, <laughs> how tall is the gnome it's, um, it's smaller than a halfling isn't it mm-hmm. I think they're between two feet tall and it's like two and three and a half feet something yeah, like yeah. so like like that tall right yeah, yeah. chickens like that tall <laughs> uh, some chickens are that tall but if you summon specific breeds because you know I told you we have chickens right um some of the breeds get like yay big. Like, I mean, they're monsters. So you summon a room full of those. and <laughs> Yeah, you're not going past them. Yeah, no. No, you're done because you're going to take a lot of pecking damage. You're, well, I mean, luckily you've got the double-sided uh, battle axe. So that way you can just sort of <laughs> hold it out and just sort of lawnmower, push yourself through it, you know. Decapitate some chickens on the way. No, well, I mean, the smart ones duck, you know. <laughs> the smart ones aren't. They're chickens, not ducks. Mm. <laughs> <Fair point. laughs> 
Have you ever played chicken with a chicken? Ducks are fucking weird. They, um... I forget what it's called. They have a, the single hole. Like, like they have a single hole where they, like, poop, pee, and fuck. Yep. Um, there's a technical term for it. I forget what it's called. But Some orifice. I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> the, uh, the, the female duck, because uh, they're prone to get essentially gang-raped to be bred, she has a... In there, she's got false chambers... She's got like f- like four false chambers and like a true chamber, like her true vaginal canal, and she is a conscious of it. So like if uh, she has like a intruder ducks that she doesn't want to breed with, she can trick them by like flipping her insides to go into like this fake chamber. Wow. So she uh, she won't uh, you know conceive with that particular duck. I had I had five ducks once when we started raising chickens. Yeah, the gang rape thing, that's that's real. All day. Yeah. Nighttime, doesn't matter. They're getting that ass. Brutal too, like they Oh yeah. I saw I saw a rooster fly off of a perch, mount a hen, put his claw on the back of her head, and put her beak in the dirt while he was fucking her. For all of like six seconds. And then he's back up on the perch. He and I have similar uh, methods. <laughs> Six seconds. New record. <laughs> <laughs> Break out the champagne. Yeah, it's it's really um, it's weird having chickens though, because like uh, I don't really smoke so much anymore. Uh, but like I'll go outside for like fresh air if I'm playing a game for a long time, mm-hmm. stretch my legs, and whatnot. Uh, if it's you know three in the morning, I open the door. I'm out there. I don't know, maybe five minutes. And I will hear a cockadoodle do from the backyard at least three or four times. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know when that fucker sleeps. I, I haven't figured it out yet. We've had him two years. But every time we walk by, he's getting him a piece. Because well, there's several hints in there. He does does what he wants. You know, there's an old saying, a cock will do what a cock will do to do. <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we uh, we had this uh, house in Jersey. My roommates and I was in like this uh, odd, like kind of. It was a town called Woodstown. Which looked a lot like, and culture was very similar to like Quitman, Georgia, in New Jersey of all places, but. Uh, we lived in this like little church like neighborhood and um you know there was uh there were woods nearby so you know we would we would hear like critters off in the distance and whatnot and sometimes you would hear like what sounded like woodland critter orgies going on like off in the distance and then it'll just be like dead silence and like like ah the bear must have just walked in and just been like shut up (laughs) but there was a there was one night where like some of the like the neighborhood cats were uh were in heat and they had parked right outside I'm on the second story and there was one roommate we had at the time was on the first story and the cats like uh outside like you know just (laughs) (laughs) And I've got my window open, 
And like I, I, he's got his open as well. I could hear him like just <laughs> start to like crumble and mutter. Well, then the other cat finds finds this one, and then they just they just start going ham at it, like, and you know, a, a cat's penis. If you're not aware, it's got like these like prongs at the end of it. So when it when it gets in there, it wants to secure its spot. You know, like like no, I've saved these seats. <laughs> this, this this is where I, F12. This is it. This is me. But like so like like, like you know the the come hither annoying loud meows and start turning to just like you know violent you know rapey cat noises. Just <laughs> <laughs> Here, this the roommate fling open his window, <laughs> and it's like two o'clock in the morning. Through the, like this otherwise quiet neighborhood, other than the cats, is here. Go, knock it off! You fucking bothering me! <laughs> <coughs> oh man, he sounded pissed. He was. I was he was a. Uh, he was not a very good roommate, so I, I kind of took a little bit of dark pleasure in that. Uh, <laughs> hey, here he goes. <laughs> Get mad. Yeah. I was like, ha ha. No, I, was, I was fine with it. I was content. I'll listen to cats fuck. I don't care. I'm a man. <laughs> I don't know. For the most part, though, you should definitely get your cats spayed and neutered. Fuck that. Cat population is really bad. You should not be allowing wildcats to have the population that they do. They're not good for neighborhoods. It's really bad, especially if they're overpopulated. You know, they're really prone to accidents in the street and whatnot. So, are you saying we need to kill all cats? No, what you're saying, Jeremy. No, it's not. So what you're saying is that I'm trying to help prevent a lot of the unnecessary cat death that does happen because of overbreeding. Feels bad. Well, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, no, maybe. Have you written your congressman? About <laughs> maybe. Maybe you. You know what? Right. You're right. He can. Maybe he can get something. He might. He, he might. I don't even know who our congressman. I'm, be honest. Honest. I'm not sure either. Our district is too fucked. You could write a bill. Email it to him. You could call it Project Six, the cat calling. Guarantee goes for it. Guarantee. I mean, Doesn't I'm not going to partake. I'm not going to partake, but you know, up yourself. We're uh, participating in the uh, feline uh, program. That's the Federal Environmental Life Initiative for Natural Environment. Environment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Federal Environmental Life Initiative for Natural Environments. Natural Ecosystems. Oh, yes. Ecosystems. Yes. It's very prestigious. We're trying to, trying to lock down the pussy problem that seems to be plaguing our city. Trying to get the riffraff out. That's where it starts. Nothing but cats. I don't think cats would be the riffraff of the the animal kingdom. I mean, they 
they kind of are street urchins, you know what I mean? Because they, they, they can they can survive in a city, and somewhat they can survive like out in the woods as well. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, you got bobcats, not house cats, but it's still a cat. I would th- I would think more like a uh, like a raccoon or something, or a possum maybe, or even a vulture. We got vultures out here. Like yeah, I feel like vultures are pretty riffraffy. I don't know, especially. For anyone like kills it, anything dead on the road, you know, fucking the four vultures hoarding around there. Like, goddamn, dude, I when the situation is gone. I came out one morning, there was some possum that had been blown to smithereens out on the road, mm. and there was like 20 vultures out there, like in the front yard. And like, these fuckers are big, dude, like their heads are yeah. like three feet, and like, like. Like what am I gonna do? Like go out there and say shoot? Like what if they like just start gang up on you? I'm not gonna. Well, I'm just gonna start like, uh, what is it? Like where you like tornado yourself? Oh, like, like crane spin? Yeah, like. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. End up hurting myself. So I got in the car instead, and I just started doing donuts in the front yard, talking the horn, and then I. You'd okay. be like, what the fuck is so, this guy on this time? <laughs> so what I'm hearing is your first D&D character, I don't know if it's your first, but your next D&D character would be someone with a vulture perched on his shoulder? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, because that would be fucking terrifying. I'd probably, probably have a bear chariot. <laughs> Why can't you have both? Bear chariot and the vulture. It's got a perch built into the saddle. And the vulture... <laughs> The vulture doesn't do right on the quest. I just feed it to one of the bears. Yeah, just get you new. Yeah, yeah. I got another vulture in the back. Keep the bear in the trunk. See how well Lemmy Six does. Lemmy Five wasn't uh, up to it. <coughs> I think. Uh, what would I be? I think I would probably be like a mage or something like that. I mean, don't, all I don't of the f- casting classes you have are you have cleric that can cast cast um, spells but I mean uh, you have artificer you have bard you have like uh, arcane um, trickster rogue you have uh, eldritch knight probably fighter more, probably more like a rogue that way I could have uh, some sneakiness yeah yeah um, I mean there's also because I'm not a sneaky person I mean I guess they're wizard Warlock and then sorcerer. I mean, the ones. I'm not sneaky either. You heard me knock over the paper towels earlier, so I couldn't even do a 360 in a chair. I mean, I can't help you. <laughs> Roll for stealth. <laughs> Ironically, makes a racket fumbling across the table trying to roll the die. <laughs> Try to be as stealthy as you can rolling the die. <laughs> Flip the table over. Well, is it technically rolled? Does that take the whole bag? Just dumps it out of the table. You hear all the dice, button. dude. Like, so we could s- we have an option online where we're, like we could see our dice actually roll uh, whenever we need to do a roll for something. That's such a bad option. No, fuck you. I love that option. So well, you it, just it's literally it's called camera zoom, or you like or no, it's three D dice. dice. So you just click it. Yeah, 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 click strength or whatever it is I'm rolling. And it it knows what I'm what die is associated with that roll. And if there's a modifier, like if I'm super strong and I have like a plus three in strength, uh, then it will also factor that in. So I mean, it's, it's pretty cool the way they set it up. But 
as a rogue in one campaign I played, uh, I got an ability called Sneak Attack, which I figured out a way to create a loop where on my turn, uh, I could sneak attack someone and then go back into hiding. So I got retarded damage, like absolutely ridiculous numbers with this little piddly ass iron dagger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so basically I, all the rogue's damage is from sneak attack. At level 11, I think it's like 6d6. So oh, there were literally, like, because I rolled for two weapons, so of course, double the amount of dice. When I rolled for sneak attack, like, my screen would fill up with like 15 dice. I'm like, I can't math that fast. Oh, there it is. That's the number. God. So. Sounds like a casino. Like a yeah. Slot machine. Honestly, that's what it felt like. Because I hit it real big sometimes. Uh, Every like, time you get three ones. You yeah, know, other times. It's what it is. A lot of times for me, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's good, right? Uh, no, th- no, sir. That is unquestionably what's known as a critical fail. Uh, and critical fails almost always have a consequence for your failure. So, I mean, there's also critical success on the other end of the spectrum, but I never get to experience that, unlike some people sitting at the table. Oh, I rolled three 20s. No, I'm not that lucky, but, you know, I, definitely higher rolls. I'm not the nat of the group. Some no. people hit more nats, but... Yeah, but he's also blowing the developers, I'm pretty sure, so... I mean, he's, he's got to have some sort of hookup, because his numbers don't fucking add up to the rest of us. Like, even if you take me out of the mix and average in everybody else's dice rolls, his rolls are just, like, way off the charts compared to everybody else. No matter what he's rolling. What kind of class is it? Uh, he's a ranger, right? He's an archer subclass? Um, yes. No. Druid. Dru- druid, yes. That's what he is. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I thought he he's going to he's, subclass he's, druid. No, he's multi-class. Yeah. So he took... Uh, he took ranger, subclass, archer first, and then when we leveled up to two, he took druid. Druid. So, you know, plant magic way the fuck over there, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what his plan is. It's like, I can't really see that guy, but fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna attach a scene of thorny thorny vines to cast a spell on it to this bow. And it's in your leg, bitch. Speak the magic word. I think that's how I would play. Be more or less how I play in Skyrim, which is archery far away, oh, yeah. sneak, and then have like spells for like close quarters or something. Oh yeah, there's also Arcane Archer for Fighter. And it's where they get like magical arrows and stuff like that. You can have like cool shadow arrows that like cause blindness to people. And you can also have like piercing arrows that can hit like four people with one arrow because it goes in a straight line to target. It is pretty fucking yeah. cool. That's more of my alley. <laughs> yeah, the ability like in a lot of times, like, you're... I don't really know how else to compare it, but essentially, your dungeon master for that campaign is God. Has all final say in every decision. You want to go check out what they're talking about over there? Not today. You need to get outdoor. I mean, some DMs are like that. Ours isn't. He'll work something in, unless you're like me and you're very stubborn. When Yeah. That's how I got the group killed before, but anyway. <laughs> because he was like, no, some rocks fall out, the bottom kind of falls out to the river below. And I'm like, mm-hmm. How, how deep is that that came across my path, though? I don't know, like two, three feet? I'd like to climb and go around. <laughs> like, are you sure you don't want to just check out what's down the other tunnel? 
Yeah, definitely. I want to climb. What do you want me to roll? <laughs> no time for questions. Only time to roll. It's <laughs> kind of my mental approach is roll first. Try not to get the group killed. Think about the consequences of your actions afterward. So the current campaign you guys are on now, mm-hmm. how long uh, do you anticipate uh, about a, a year or two with it? Mm. So, I mean, we only meet like once every two weeks. So, I mean, and whenever we do play, it's only for like four hours at a time. So, and most of the time, we do the thing that we were talking about earlier, where we just get super fucking sidetracked on some random ass NPC that doesn't really matter. Um, and that's how we'll waste two of our hours. Like, and so... We spent three hours this last session getting out sewer. of the sewers. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but, you know... Sounds like a hoot. Yeah. Except for Josh's character, who got pink eye because he rolled a critical fail, slipped, and fell some, face first into poo water. Ass water. What was he trying to do? I don't remember. I don't, I don't, knowing him, he was probably trying to dance or something. I don't know. I'd like to see if I can whistle a tune to improve everybody's mood. Nat one, you bite your bottom lip. You're now bleeding out. <laughs> like, there's the the array of shit that you can do is just staggering. Especially with when you get like software involved and it's not just like on paper. Mm-hmm. Because you can have a really somebody, good visual aid with it. Yeah, somebody somewhere thought, you know, this might be a good option to have built in. Because somebody else is going to trip that motherfucker and knock him in poo water. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, like, very rarely that I've ever heard of, um, in my limited knowledge, uh, have I ever heard of a campaign where someone rolls for their stats, gets all 18s, and the, DM, and the DM actually lets them play with that because 18 is the highest base level Mm -hmm. that you can have in any stat like strength charisma etc um and it just beefs up your rolls insanely to have a uh like an 18 like that especially whenever you add like proficiency modifiers and yeah things like that yeah and then there's certain things that your class or your race will affect that number as well so i mean like think with the lane i had like an 18 in charisma plus i had a, a magic loot because fuck yeah <laughs> uh, which when i played it if i could draw a mental picture it would encase me in like a 15 foot uh a 15 foot diameter cube of whatever i'm picturing like a like an illusion spell mm. yeah that so, is a handy loot. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to use it to uh, picture the grass behind me and picture a bush that was in front of me but to the side. Try to picture it in front of me. I failed the stealth check and I was promptly found out and beaten almost to death. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, an 18 at level one in a stat is just ridiculous because the bare minimum that you can roll on anything at that point is a four it's bare minimum no it's not actually it's a it would be a five no you take you, you roll 4d6 and you drop the lowest so the lowest that you can get is actually a three 
you can get a three inch stat. Yeah. I mean, like, your ability rolls if you had an 18, though. Oh, 18 oh plus yeah, four. it gives you plus four, yeah. Yeah, so, because at level, or at number 20, you get a bonus five. of plus five. Yeah, every every odd, or every even number yeah. goes up plus one, so, like, I think from 10, 10. From 10. 10 is zero. You yeah, get so no additional At eight, it's negative one. Penalty. At 12, it's plus one. Ah. It goes on so forth, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, if you can keep all your stats at least at a 10, which our DM would not allow us to do this last campaign. Yeah, you gave us two negatives. Yeah, one was an 8 and one was a 6. Um, I was being crushed when I created my character under the weight of my own armor. Because <laughs> I, I have a 6 in strength. He had to make special considerations to allow me to keep my starting equipment that came with my class. You just picture a gnome standing there with, like, three-foot-tall plate armor. Help! <laughs> Being crushed under it. You like, just hear this cacophonous noise of plate armor just shifting as it's coming down the hall. You look, and you're like, what the fuck is that? It comes up to you, and it just stops, and you just see the little lid on the face plan open up. You see Rim, the erudite, sticking her gnome face out of it. <laughs> Please Someone help me out of it. You know, somebody last campaign, it was you. No, you were DM. Yeah, it was, it was Robert. Last campaign. It was Robert had. Uh, we killed a lich, and, and the lich had a. Phylactery? No, not the phylactery. We sold that. Um, you sold the phylactery? We sold the phylactery that would bring the witch back, or the lich back to life. We sold it to the government. <laughs> I mean, this was also two days after I burned down a warehouse that would have ended our campaign. But, you know, we got extended another three months because I burned down because a warehouse. Um, <laughs> so, after we sold the phylactery to the government so they could create endless liches, I don't know. I didn't care. I had gold. So, um... There was a cat, a familiar, that's the word I was trying oh, to think of. Yeah. A familiar that was conjured or tamed yeah, or whatever. It was a permanent familiar. Yeah, f from the lich itself. It could talk telepathically. telepathically. Mm. Um, our dragonborn paladin mm -hmm. kept him and bought him plate armor. So he got a character sheet for the cat and... The cat would be able to attack in battle while wearing full plate. Fuck yeah. I actually yeah. gave him a custom character sheet for that one. Yeah. Instead of coming over. Because, like, like, the cat actually has a, like, character sheet, but all of his stats are, like, fucking dog wire. They're, they're yeah. really bad. Um, so I was like, dude, I want to make this a combat cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially if it's a familiar, it's not a normal cat, let alone if it comes from, like, an undead thing, like a lich. Yeah, and that lich had been dead for... I don't even know how long. Yeah, it's been, it was, it's been a minute since. Yeah, so I mean, the cat had just had time to sit in this massive city, like like the size of New York City, just living because its master is stuck in a phylactery, <laughs> waiting to revive. So he's got like a century or something just hanging out in the city. It's the cat. What? That's some fucking badass cat armor. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, it was a a nuts 
addition. But like we said earlier, it's very easy, particularly if I'm in the group, for us to get sidetracked real fast. Because um, I like to explore everything. So even when a DM is saying what you would think would be the most mundane details describing something, when we started this campaign, he glossed over the fact that there was an empty building to the left of the inn that we were staying in. I I managed to convince the bartender to start bets on a fight that was already starting. And there's a bunch of rich people, so we had like 47,000 gold sitting in two chests. And this bartender, like, he's well-respected, like, he's the richest dude in the city, but he likes people, so he has a bar. And so it's five humans and a half-orc barbarian. Yeah, and so everybody could place a bet on who was going to win. The five humans, which they were like street bandits. I mean, they're, you know, trash, but five of them. So, uh, yeah, so I convinced him uh, to let us keep 10% of whatever the profit is from the betting. Bruh, we all left with a ridiculous amount of gold because everybody bet on the other person. Or they bet on the humans and the barbarian rolled like three nat 20s out of five and quite literally killed all like of three of them. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I, bet, on, I bet on her because I was like, oh no. He's insulting her pride or tradition, something, you know, deeply tied to that race. Nah, they're all dead. They're all dead. Yeah, my money's on her. You don't dishonor a barbarian. No. Yeah, no fuck no, that. Certainly yeah, not. Unless you're feeling like an axe in the face. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, I mean, the fact that you could do anything is just crazy. He had a quest, like a, like it was your, like any, any, anytime you passed a book, He's he's like oh, yeah yeah one he's of my like, previous characters I want that yeah every book I wanted every book possible just so I could read it yeah that, that was my whole character stick like he was born and raised in a library kind of like not born but like you know he was raised in like a library <laughs> library kind of kind of a uh, kind of lifestyle so like he was he around books his whole life so. I think it would be cooler if he were born and raised <laughs> in a library to be fair you didn't specify that yeah I didn't born I didn't yeah but why. Do you enjoy books so much? That's a long story. <laughs> I was raised in a library. A library? No. <laughs> a library. Hmm. Born in a library. Imagine they got told to hush a few times during that. Sounds like a song from like the 70s or something. Born in a library. <laughs> Trying to find the words to tell you. Sounds like Creedence Clearwater Revival song. Yeah, right? That's what I was going for. So, we have a character, and I don't know what kind of race you would pick. You know, a dark elf. Oh, yeah, so a drow is what it's called. They're like the uh, underdark kind of elves. Their whole life is like spent in the darkness on the ground. Yeah. They're a. Really like a resistant to fire, mm. and uh, I think like their daily they have like some sort of like summoning, like a daily power or something like that. But being resistant to fire would help if you're in my party, since yeah. 
you know, shit explodes I, around me all the yeah, time. Yeah, I gathered that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, prob- I wouldn't want to be uh, like a dwarf or a gnome or anything like that. God forbid a human. <laughs> we have a goblin in a- our group. Anybody who's like, yeah, you know what? I'm really feeling creative today for my D&D campaign, and I think I want to play a human fighter. Who the fuck does that? A loser. <laughs> That's got to be the blandest personality ever. Why would lotus be a person? <laughs> All right, Jim. <laughs> oh, motherfucker, give me scales. Like, Jim the wizard, everybody. He's a human. Get announced by an angry bartender when they walk in because people are looking for people to join their party. No, we, we, are, we already filled up. Sorry. Sorry, Jim. Better luck next time. Now entering... Jim the Wizard. Huzzah! <laughs> he has precious digitation before he comes in. Sparkles, you know, surround him. <laughs> he has a couple of those confetti guns in his wizard sleeve. <laughs> I have arrived! Behold! The human Jim! Wizard of many things! He's like actually not a wizard. He just does cheap magic tricks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's an illusionist. Just calls himself a wizard. Like, wait. Do you have another bird in your coat? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've resummoned the 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 bird I I let loose. It landed right here in my pocket. That's how. I don't know. It seems like you killed one bird and then just had another yeah. bird. <laughs> On you, Jim. And he does some cheap tricks so he can disappear. <laughs> he's been he's, found out. Yeah, he's he's actually just crawling on the bar floor. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. That's, that's how he fails on his uh, stealth roll. Nothing bad happens to it. It's just like, just, you awkwardly crawl out of the bar saying, you can't see me, while every patron inside throws napkins and beer and other bits of trash at you. I can see like that happening actually in real life. It's just some drunkard just crawling out of the bar and going, you can't see me! You can't see me at all! People just be like, God, Jim has really let himself go. <laughs> Fellas, we got a little over two hours of uh, D&D talk uh, underway. I mean, some great shit so far. I mean, I got nowhere to be, really. So, um, I mean, I got to tell you, I really kind of figured that you would take Goblin. Goblin, Sorcerer. No, because then I feel I feel like I would have to get the character of the goblin and that type of like Smeagol voice is just <laughs> unbearable. Oh sometimes. god, yeah, to listen to and to to make. I'd like to see a roll affair because it's not. It's got to be a little deeper than you know Smeagol. You know Smeagol's not really a goblin; he's still a hobbit. Yeah, it's it's like I have no interest in playing like what is perceived to be evil character even though like your alignments are yours you can choose whatever alignment but it's like you know like the orcs you know giants you know kind of I, I just had personally have no interest in playing and because like on like my perceived bad guy notion of them I don't know it's like they're not actually bad guys but you know it's like every time you're you know commonly 
you know, level one adventure, the thing you're going to fight is a pack of goblins. Yeah. And he's like, so I don't want to play the goblin. It just feels wrong. I mean, it would probably be wrong if you ran out of rations to eat and the goblin in your party suggested that y'all cook one of the goblins after battle to eat. Or one of the people. Uh, <laughs> perhaps we could eat something else. Why are you looking at me like that, bro? What, what about the legs? They don't need those. You're <laughs> <laughs> tasty. That's what you get. No, thank you. No <laughs> goblin for me. Yeah. Well, you fellas got anything that uh, we can plug or promote? Uh, even if it's just uh, not even something of yours, like you like a like a, a good book or a good game. Anything uh, you want to recommend to people? Um, I guess for in terms of D and D, if you're looking to get in more content for D and D, great YouTube channel called Dungeon Dudes. It's two guys. You explain a lot of mechanics, a lot of details about characters, spells, things of that nature. So if you're just looking for some good, you know, quality D and D content, Dungeon Dudes. That's that's the channel. That's it. Word. Yourself though. Mm, no, I mean not really. I mean nothing. Come nothing. Pops into my head, I guess. So, fair enough. <laughs> yep. I'd like to recommend nothing. <laughs> Don't do anything. Just a little pinch every day. <laughs> Jeremy, Bo, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on and uh, having some uh, fun nerd talk with me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a hoot. It's always great talking about nerdy shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Later, y'all. Enjoy.